there's been both who and ha about this new album from 100 Gex. It's called 10,000 Gex. And I've read a couple of reviews which talk about how 100 Gex, of course, are a, a duo, musical duo, Laura and Dylan, and uh, how they were thought after their first album to be some kind of musical indie saviour. And they don't feel that way about the second album because it's different to the first album. It's, it's the, the implication I got. And yes, it is. But you know what? You can't allow a band to remain in aspic. No band remains in aspic. Well, ACDC do. But even they don't because the last album, Power Up, is very different to Power Age, isn't it? Yeah, so no band remains tied to their last album. If that were the case, that would be awful and sometimes an expectation and that's sometimes crippling for a band. I mean, look at Guns N' Roses. Look at the difference between Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 and A Chinese Democracy, both of which I really like, but one is a, is a Guns N' Roses album, the other one isn't really. And so I'm really delighted to hear that what you get with 10,000 Gex is so much better than what you get with the um, debut album, which is um, a thousand, uh, it's a thousand Gex. That's right. I wanted to get that right. I wanted to get that right. And the thing is, this is a band who are knowing where they are and knowing what they do and then turning that up and adding new things. It's far less simple and far less direct than the first album. And I personally welcome that. So The the Dumbest Girl Alive is very simple. It's got a a sort of big, almost EMD beat. Um, EMD? EDM beat. Not an OMD beat, an EDM beat. And a hair metal riff, which works really well together. You've got that half-wrapped vocal, which is there's quite a lot of that here. That's all you have. Now, 757, though, has a bit of electro, that tumbling kind of rap, a neo-metal solo. Yeah, you know, kind of a kind of um, wiggling solo. Slows into a big, a big synth bass, though, and a vocal struggling to hear itself over the enormous, blown-up synth bass. You've got a bit of college indie, but a bit of pop-punk. There's a, a, a sassy 80s vocal. There's a bratty shout and a refrain that you'll never make it in Hollywood, baby. It's called Hollywood, baby. And um, in the middle of this, you've got things like Frog on the Floor, which does sound like Presidents of the United States of America. And it does have a sort of bright pop punk feel, but it's got a sing song and a kind of child's continuing and repeating refrain. In the middle of that, you see what I'm doing here, can't you? There's so much going on. You've got Doritos and Fritos, which has a, a Devo synth, skittish, tight bass, drums, a chat rap, a vocoder chorus, which is Durigur in the charts at the moment, and a tight and angular guitar solo. But then, $1 million in the middle of that track has a fantastic early, early B-boy and then or go team. Percussive middle. It's beautiful. And I got my tooth removed. Fast skank, horn-assisted feel. It sounds like those late 1990s rap metal bands. 
There were lots of them around. Remember things like the Cherry Popping Daddies? Remember when they had that kind of 1950s revival? There were, there were a few bands who did that, but with a more rap metal feel. Now, talking about rap, there's a bit of Ersti, uh, early Beastie Boys, uh, or Ersty Beely Boys, whichever you'd like, in Billy Knows Jamie, because you've got that scratching with the beat and the big riff. It becomes hardcore later on, um, as far as hardcore rock or hardcore metal or hardcore music goes. But that early Beasties rap is just fantastic. And this album is better than the debut. Don't let other people tell you any different. Go and listen to it. Because it's them expressing what they do and being able to give you more colours. And the more colours you can get, the more I like it. Why would you want a band to stay as they are when they can progress? Seems silly to me. Ta-ta.